Blog Talk Radio. In my helmet, cleats, and shoulder pads. Standing in the huddle, listening to the call. Fans going crazy for the boys of fall. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the fifth quarter with Coach Johnson. I'm your host, Dave Johnson. Uh, glad to have you with me tonight on this cold Tennessee night. Um, uh, last week, I talked about some of the people that uh, we need to keep in our thoughts and prayers. and uh, Miss BJ's mom and dad and Jennifer's grandparents, and I uh, forgot to mention also Tanya's dad is um, having a rough go of it as well. Tanya Jackson, she plays, plays for us, so uh, um, always we want to keep those uh, people and their families um, that we love so dearly close to their hearts. Uh, this time of year especially, it's always rough when somebody gets sick, but you know, during the holidays and this special time of year, it seems to make it that much worse. So um, everybody keep them in any thoughts and prayers as well. Um, tonight, um, you know, uh, it's it's funny that um, a friend of mine uh, posted last night a lot of stuff about um, coaches and coaching and stuff like that. And, um, and, uh, and I was already... On, on that, didn't really know what direction I wanted to go talk about it. Been watching some basketball games and, and was sort of um, headed in that direction. And he just uh, put the icing on the cake as the, for the main topic for me tonight is about coaches and, and coaching. And uh, I want to get into that uh, here in just a few minutes. But, um, but before before we do, I want to talk some more about this game uh, between the, the Tri-Cities Thunder and the Knoxville Lightning down in Nashville at the Tennessee Titans there at the Nissan Stadium um, on December the 30th. You know, um, if somebody listening doesn't know, we have been invited to play a game after the Tennessee Titans take on Indianapolis Colts, Indianapolis Colts, and the team was chosen by the Titans and us uh, who were going to play, and that's the Knoxville Lightning. Since then, um, you know, it, it's funny how everybody, you know, everybody thinks they should be the centerpiece of everything. Nobody seems to be happy about, you know, trying to make a step in, in women's football period, but um, that's okay. Um, I get it there, you know, pretty much what I've learned throughout dealing with women's football since I've been introduced to it, that most teams and most coaches and owners, they're, they're pretty much selfish. And when you look and think about it, that's why it really hasn't grown or gone anywhere, uh, in my opinion. And a lot of 
a people's opinion that don't uh, that think it but maybe don't say it. They'll tell me they don't want to go out here publicly because, you know, they think it might hurt their careers or, or whatever have you. Um, I'm not one of them scared to tell you, and I'll, I'll share it to you. So that, that's where a lot of that's coming from. But since then, you know, they play in the WFA. Uh, first and foremost, I want to tell you, um, the WFA is the largest women's football league. Yes, they have a lot. They have a lot of really good teams. Yes, to say they're the best league now, you, to me, you bet there's a lot more than describing some good teams and the most teams when you start talking about best because they also have a bunch of terrible teams. I mean, they really have some teams that, that are terrible forfeit games every year, but they keep coming back. Teams that they can't ever count on. So, a lot of people, I, I want to know, and what's got me on this topic is I'll get there in a second, but you start talking about them being a higher league than the other leagues. Um, I, I'm gonna, I'm telling you, in in my opinion, they're a great league. They have some great teams. They have the most teams. But when you say best, there's more to it than just what I just told you. So they have some terrible teams. They have some teams that never play their games. They're always forfeiting. There's always some kind of controversy around them and all that. For whatever reason, they keep re-signing them, I guess, so they can use it as leverage and we have the biggest league. And I guess they might say they have the best league. Well, that's up for debate. I will give them they do have the biggest league. And, yes, they do have some really good teams, and I would never take that away from them. But to say they're the best league is, is up for debate. So what gets me on this topic is Thanksgiving Day, um, a guy from 1420 a.m., NBC Sports Radio, called Jennifer and uh, had read in the in the paper that we are going to play in Titan Stadium and who we were going to play and and all this. And he, he you know he goes on to say you know how does it you know feel to be playing uh, a higher caliber team. And, you know, pretty much you, you guys are the underdog. You guys are a small uh, market team playing in nowhere, Tennessee, pretty much. And they're playing right in the center of the the biggest stadium in, in Tennessee for, for football period. And, you know, he goes on to say that he knew about, he knew about women's football. He had, uh, followed uh, Lisa Horton in her career and did her first interview when she showed a pass in the game and blah, blah, blah. I don't know the guy from that. He, he may know them on a first-come, first base, and, they, and uh, that's okay. I don't care. But when when you start telling me, you know women's football, obviously you haven't did your research because if you know – about the Knoxville Lightning, and you know about the Tri-Cities Thunder, then you know that their owner and Jennifer used to be a part of the same organization before we started our teams. Um, She started hers in Knoxville. We started ours here. The first year in the regular season, we went 8-1. They went 0-8. We beat them in a head-to-head matchup severely bad. Um, we have scrimmaged them several times. We have 
uh, I'll just say we have held our own really well. So to tell me you know about women's football, obviously you don't know what you think you know, and you haven't did your research. And to make the statement that us playing them was like ETSU going to play UT. Now, for anybody that doesn't know what the difference is there, of course, everybody knows the UT is the University of Tennessee, and they play in the Southeastern Conference, and the, the toughest conference there is as a whole. I'm not going to say every team, but as a whole. And we know what they did. And if you don't know, ETSU is a local uh, Division One AA school, I believe what they are. So, yes, there is a considerable considerable difference in the talent that you get. And to hear him tell it, we are major underdogs because we play – they play in a higher, tougher league than what our league is. They play in the WFA. We play in the USWFL. And to him – the 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 leagues are like the league the uh, Southern Conference, which is what the ETSU plays in, and the Southeastern Conference is what UT plays in. So he's judging them as being the higher conference, and ours is not, and we're uh, severely underdogs. Now, I, it really, really, to put it mildly, pissed me off when I heard that. That that's really an understatement to to what it did to me when he said it. Now, not that that guy doesn't have a right to his opinion, and I will give him that. And everybody else has a right to their opinion. All I want him to do is to pay thirty dollars for one of these tickets to come down there and witness firsthand if we're the underdog or not. Not sit back in some chair with his suit and tie on talking about sports. I want him to come and watch it, and I want him to evaluate who's who's underdogs and who's ETSU and who's UT and blah, 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 blah. Now, the guy had some good points, but for the most part, I couldn't get past him for, for feeling that he was really, really dogging us. Now, I'm going I'm to say this. I'm, when, when Jennifer played on another team, and – and I always, I was in the stands, and yes, I was one of them people that was as loud as anybody. I paid to get in. I never once got in free. They tried to let me in free. I said, no way. I'm going to pay my money because I'm going to voice my opinion. And I did, and I did it loudly. Now, the people in the stands always said, if you think they're going to play the way you like to play, there's no way that you could, uh, that you could, ever um, have a team. They'll never play the way you want to play. And I said, well, that, that's all fine and good. If they're ever going to win, here's what they need to do, blah, blah, blah. Well, as the year went on, I was told, you know what, if you think you're ever seeing it was just the same thing, if you think they're ever going to play that way, they're not. If you want them to play that way, you better get your own team. So as the year went on, as the year went on, you know, I started saying, not really that I had a mind to. I started saying, you know what, you're right. Because it did make me so mad by the way they played that I couldn't, uh, couldn't stand it. So I said, you know what, you're right, I'll get me a team. So then it was like 
You know what? They ain't uh, they ain't gonna. Uh, you can't ever get a team together. They ain't gonna win. But want to play that way. Blah blah blah. So from right then and there, we were underdogs. Okay. I had people telling me that have been around women's football for several several. Years. I'm talking about twelve, fifteen years. Okay. Long time, a lot longer than I even had been, even been close around women's football. So they're telling me, you, you'll never make it work. You'll never make it work. You'll never make it work. That's all I heard. So we took Jennifer Miss the next year playing because we started getting this team together. So when we finally got enough girls to really call it a team, uh, and that was 11. Uh, we really played with 14 all year. You know, I heard you'll never win a game. You, you can't win. You can't win. You don't have what it takes to win. Me and another coach, good friend of mine, and Jimmy Short, we took these girls and we started working with them. It'd be, I mean, like today, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday, there was very seldom they were all there. We worked with them. You know what? We go to play the first game against a team that had been playing for years. We blew them out of the water. Blew them out of the stadium. So bad that the announcer, um, was, the whole crap was about siding with us when it was over. This team talked more crap for weeks than you could ever imagine. We didn't know. We thought we was going down there to, to play the Atlanta Falcons the way it was uh, approached to us. And we go down there and, and shut them up. Well, then it was, well, that was luck. You can't do it again. Well, guess what? As the year goes on, we wind up 8-0. 8-0, folks, okay. Now, before, I got one step ahead of myself. Before we get to 8-0, some of these people are saying, well, you don't play anybody. You don't play anybody. That's why you're winning. You don't play anybody. So now we go from we'll never make it work to you only have 14 players. You'll never make that work. You can't go. These girls don't want to do this. You can't win. Everything I'm telling you, folks, is the deck stacked against us from the word go. So we're reeling off wins. We're reeling off wins. One of these teams and one of, and some of these people that are saying all this begged us to get on their schedule. They had an open date and needed a game, begged us to get on their schedule. Now, with 14 players, everybody else in our league was only playing seven games, some of them six games. So we had seven games on our schedule. So to add another game really put us in a disadvantage, not that I didn't think we could win it, but because we didn't have very many players. Now, we go to play one of the best teams with 13 players. One of those players gets knocked out for the year. We finish the game with 12. Okay, the very next week, the very next week, we play this game against this team that was one of the ones that's on that fence saying, you can't do it, you're lucky, you win because you play in this league and you're not any good. and You only win because people uh, you play aren't any good. We go play them. Not only do we go play them, they got about 25 players on the sideline. We go with 12. Now, folks, we go with 12 players. One of them in which 
had a torn ACL, MCL, and torn meniscus that would play probably uh, four or five minutes and pop it out of place and have to go to the sideline to get it popped back to place to get back in the game. Twelve players. And we beat that team 66-6. to You know what? At the end of the year, we finished eight no. We go eight no. We get we turn the ball over all year long five times in the uh, division or conference game, whatever you want to call it. We uh, we turned it over eight times. We lost the game. We had the ball and the lead in the fourth quarter late, and we ended up losing the game. All them people, all them people. All they kept saying, I know you couldn't do it. I know you couldn't do it. And I'm talking about people that we beat by 60 are still saying, you didn't play anybody. Well, what does that say for their organization? If we didn't play anybody, and we were 8-0, and one of those wins were against them, and it was by 60, and at times I had 10 players on the field, if I didn't if we didn't play anybody, folks, just tell me, what does that say about their organization? What does that say about their team? You've got 25 players over there, and I take 12, 11 healthy ones, and I take 12 players, and we throttle you. I mean, beat you down. What What does that say? Well, guess what? You're lucky, you know. So, We've been underdogs our whole time in this in this team uh, with this organization, and and I just for the life of me, I just can't understand it. You know, we we've won a lot of games, we've lost some games, no doubt. We've lost a lot of games that we shouldn't have lost. I will I will say that, but I'm gonna tell you something. Every single year, we've been in the mix right there at the end. And we have been on the bad end of getting thrashed when we didn't have enough players. But I'm going to tell you this. All I'm going to say this, I'm not one that's going to guarantee no wins. I'm not one that's going to go out there on the limb and, and predict who's going to win this game or what's going to happen or anything like that. But here's what I'm going to tell you. Is anybody and everybody that's out there listening, whoever's coming to play us, they better buckle their chin straps and get ready to play because we're coming to play. I can assure you that. That's been our motto here from the first time we ever took the field five years ago, and it hasn't changed yet. We've lost some games. There's no doubt about it. I've never denied we've lost some games. And we lost a few games, a lot of games, I feel, that we should have won. Should have won. But we've won a lot of games also. We didn't get lucky and win anything. You deserve everything you get in football. And when you start talking about you can't do it, you can't do it, you're lucky, you you just you don't play anybody, and you're one of the ones I play, my team plays, and they put a beat down on you, I wouldn't open my mouth if I were you. I know who it come from, and I understand, but he had to hear it from somewhere. So I'm going to tell this Mr. Marky Bilson one thing. 
first of all, I really appreciate you just fueling my fire more than it was already before. I feel like that not only this team, not only this league, but women's football is on a an audition, a display at this game. And I cannot control anything that goes on with that team in Knoxville. But I can tell you this. I can control everything that goes on with this team here in nowhere, Tennessee. And my God, they better ready to go come December the 30th because we sure are. And lucky or not, we're going to kick some ass. And I'm here to tell you, that's not no bragging. That's promise. So they better be ready to go. And, Mr. Marky Milson, I hope you buy a $30 ticket and you travel your ass all the way to Nashville, Tennessee, to put what's this deal in motion. Because you're going to see what somebody from nowhere, Tennessee, versus a big metropolis, as you said, in your own words, that we're going to play what it's going to be like. And I will gladly let you come on this show anytime you want, and then you'll battle it out as to what you have to say. So I'm I'm here to tell you, I want to thank you again for really fueling my fire. Now, I'm not so sure that the other teams won't thank you as much because you have stoked me royally. First of all, you better do a lot more research than you already have because you sure don't know um, what's, uh, what's going on. So um, if if anybody hasn't heard the interview from uh, Miss Jennifer that he did, you can find it on, uh, he does it, uh, I guess it's a replay, you can find it on 
thing that went into account. A lot of people don't know. It's a lot more to it than just the teams. But one thing, most of us being from Tennessee, most of us being from different leagues, um, they felt like that it would be great for, you know, the sport and for the game. So, anyway, this guy um, interviews Jennifer on Thanksgiving Day, and he pretty much says that, you know, we're the underdogs because they're from a big city like Knoxville, and we're from a nowhere city right here where we're from in Tennessee, and they play in the big market, big uh, big league in the WFA, and uh, we play in the USWFL. So, you know, he felt, you know, we'll know how we was going to handle pretty much going down there and, and getting thrashed is pretty much the way I took it. So, yeah, I took offense to that real well. Well, I mean, you should. You should. I mean, uh, no one, no one should, I guess, badmouth anybody's team or anything like that. And you can't really, you can't really win the game from the sidelines. You got to win the game within those white lines, and we all know that. Uh, underdogs have always beaten the top dog. It's not. It's not underdog. It's not top dog. It's whoever gets on the field and whoever wants it more. Uh, I'm wishing you guys good luck. I hope y'all go down there and, and make a good, uh, have a good game and have a good showing for the USWFL. Because uh, any promotion is good promotion, and I'm I'm jealous. Y'all get to play in it, uh, but you know who I'm cheering for. So don't let that man get under your skin. Uh, y'all prepare well. Uh, have a good game plan, and I think you guys are gonna be all right. Yeah, well, we've we've already uh, really been working hard. To, um, you know, it's forced us to, uh, you know, as, as you know, and uh, me and you talked before. This time of year is just, you know, really recruiting and and uh, off season workouts and stuff. So we've had to really speed up. Um, we've been without several of our key players so far that they've had a lot of family issues going on. Some of them take on um, extra winter job to, you know, support their family and first one thing and other. So we're really, um, you know, struggling to get all of our players on the same page. But what we have coming on a regular basis, we, we feel good about, you know, our opportunity. And, you know, I really – and I hate that he – well, I don't hate his Stoke Mount Fire. I mean, it just gives me something else to really look forward to. But, you know, the the big thing, the big picture here is what people don't understand is, is well, this is this is a display for women's football. You know, we're hoping that it turns into something bigger. And, and you know what, maybe next year, you know, it turns into if this goes well and everything goes off like we hope it will, like it should, we're hoping that next year maybe, you know, this can be a, a, a four, uh, you know, do it a couple of different times and have, uh, you know, four teams at the same time or something. You know, sort of like we do our, our uh, kickoff classic is we can do more than just this. But this is an audition for women's football. I mean, it, these people reach out to us. We didn't know them from Adam, and, you know, they liked the way we did things, liked the way the – league that did things so we're excited about it for women's football and then you know the opportunity to be able to play and then you know to play a 
a team from a, a another league. And, and just like I said, nobody is going to doubt that the WFA is a, is a great league. They have great teams. They have a lot of great players. But as you know, well, as I know, they, they have some terrible teams in there as well. I mean, there was a team that wanted to join our league this year that didn't. And uh, part of the reason they did was they ended up forcing out the year last year in the WFA. And I was concerned about that. I mean, if you can't play all your games, I don't really want you. And uh, so they just went right back. So to to for this guy to say they're the best league just because they're the biggest, that, that to me, that's not right. It takes more than just the biggest teams for that. That is true, um, and again, you know, and a sport like football, you got to strap up the shoulder pads and, and put on your, your helmet and tighten down your chin strap, and you got to play the game. So, um, I don't know, you know how tele, uh, uh, radio personalities are; they like to to start stuff. Um, but again, uh, you're right; it is a, a showcase for women's football. It's something that. I'm uh, proud to be a part of it, something that you do re- really well uh, with promoting. So at the end of the day, uh, y'all go down there and, 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 and make make sure the WFA know that the USWFL is ready uh, and we have some good teams as well. Um, I do think uh, it's going to be a good game, and I w- I'm excited about it. I wish I could be there uh, to see it. And hopefully uh, we can make it something bigger and something better and get four teams and maybe even six teams. Who knows? You know, you can expand it as much as you want. Um, at the end of the day, it's going to be one of those things that's just going to highlight women's football in general. Um, hopefully the exposure is great and uh, we get people across the United States talking about women's football. Yeah, that's that's our goal. I mean, there's been here's the thing, there's been people that have bought tickets from us to go to that game, um, that's never even heard of women's football. You know, they they go to Titan game and they say, Really? You I'm I need to go to that. You know, there's gonna I'm gonna say this that all I ain't gonna say all of the tickets, but I'm gonna say Ninety-five percent of the tickets that we have sold are people that have never seen women's football. So that's going to be uh, an accomplishment there. And you know, the Titans themselves has made has made flyers about it and sent us to it. Um, it was posted uh, somewhere, and and they're going to make an announcement. Listen, they're they're wanting to get revenue from it as well. You know, don't get me wrong. They're wanting to look, they're doing something I mean, I can't sit here and tell you that it's gonna be covered by C B S like the type of game because they don't know what uh, they've never even seen a woman's football game, women's football. They don't know what to store here. They're like I said, this is an audition. And when I say an when you go for an audition, it doesn't get published. It's not the film's not rolling, you know what I'm saying? You're you are doing just that, auditioning for a part. And that's what we are doing here is auditioning for something bigger down the road. Because you can tell people all you want. You could call in and say, Oh man, yeah, I'm the best actor in the world. 
But until they see you do it, they're not going to take your word for it. So we're going to on this. And all I can hope is that that the Knoxville Lightning are working hard and trying to get prepared as much as we are because we are getting ready and we are getting prepared to go down there and play uh, a good quality football game. I'm sure you are, man. I, 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 you know, I played you guys a couple times, and it's always an exciting game. So I'm sure you guys are getting ready, um, and I'm sure you guys will have a good showing. Um, <clears throat> yeah, you. But you're right. Um, it, it is an exciting thing for women's football to be on the stage that big. Uh, I, I mean, I honestly, I wish we could get them to start putting games on TV. Um, we got some stuff. We got some stuff in the works up here in Fairville. We're trying to get some stuff uh, started with radio. It's kind of expensive, but we're trying to get uh, as much exposure as possible. Um, because out in this part of North Carolina, it's a baseball and basketball area. Uh, football is uh, second nature to those two sports. So, uh, or takes a takes a back seat to those two sports. So, um, any exposure we can get. Uh, for women's football, is good exposure. Yeah, that that's our goal. I mean, is is you know to get get the the market out there and and to get a good market out there. And that's why I, I can't. You know, people. We got when we first announced that we got invited to play, our phones start blowing up from teams all over the country wanting to come and play us in this. And naturally, everybody. When you don't pick them, oh, well, you just didn't want to pick me because you didn't want me to beat you. And you didn't want it, – it, it's nothing like that. Now, I mean, well, first of all, we're not going to play a team that has 75 players because we're nowhere near that. But when when it came down to it, you know, it was like a community. You know, when, when we sent them all these teams, it was like, you know, here's – let's see why this team was a good fit. Okay, we're checking off boxes, and each team goes down through there, and for whatever reason, they weren't a fit. So we moved them aside, and then we, and when it was all said and done, you know, the the team in Knoxville, they were the ones that sort of fit what they wanted to do as much as as the game. And by that being, we both started our teams at the same time. Um, Jennifer and the woman that owns the Knoxville team both played for the same organization before we started these teams. You know, we're a hundred some miles apart. They said y'all are to be the biggest rivalry there is in women's football. Why not? You know, and and so they said, hey, we want to start that right here. We feel like that their organization is is a, a you know a professional organization. The way they run things, they ain't always out here um, have a bunch of players uh, doing stupid things and that kind. You know. The NFL has enough bad drama with their own players without doing something uh, extra to draw bad, you know, bad drama or something to it. So when it was all said and done, that's why they were chosen. Now, most people can't understand that, and I, and they don't have to. You know what I'm saying? They don't have to understand it. We know why it was, they were chosen, and, and so that's why they were. I just hope that they're taking it as serious as we are. Uh, about wanting to play, about wanting to put on 
a good show uh, for people. I hope they're wanting to defend their their team and their city and their league as much as we are. Because I'm telling you, we're coming to play. And like you say, we uh, we've played you guys several times, and and uh, you beat us, and we've beat y'all, and and the games are always uh, good games, and and always uh, you know. Uh, uh, I, I guess the rivalry type game, you know, everybody plays hard and everybody sort of plays with that chip on their shoulder. But at the end of the day, when somebody wins and somebody loses, we're going to walk across the field and shake hands and, and that's going to be it, you know. And I hope that, um, you know, and that's just what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to get your team ready to play no matter who it is. And uh, when it comes to that extra little rival, it's just something uh, extra, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, trust me, I know uh, full well what you're talking about. Hey, uh, again, man, it's always great to hear your radio show. Um, I got to get some stuff ready for tomorrow. Uh, it was nice talking to you, nice, uh, you know, having a good conversation. It's always a good conversation when we talk. Um Okay, Coach. Man, I appreciate you coming on here, shooting the bull with us, and I appreciate you wishing us luck. And like I say, we're going to go do our best to try to make uh, women's football proud around the country and uh, make our team and league proud by uh, bringing home the W. Hey, no doubt. Again, I'm I'm, I'm cheering for you. Uh, I'm going to try to find it so I can listen in. Uh, good luck. Tell the girls, tell Jennifer and the girls that we are uh, out here in Fairville. Uh, we're cheering for him. Uh, we want y'all to get that W just just as much as y'all want it. So good luck, Coach, and uh, I'll talk to you later. Okay, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, yeah. folks. Coach, uh, Coach Will from the Central Carolina Cardinals over there. It's uh, near Fayetteville, North Carolina. Um, I didn't know he was calling in. Glad he did. It's good to uh, good to hear from him. Uh, let's uh, before we get any further here, and I get into talking about these coaches and coaching. Uh, let's give us a short uh, commercial break. One day, two epic games, sixty-nine thousand fans. The NFL's Tennessee Titans versus Indianapolis Colts, and the USWFL's Tri Cities Thunder versus Knoxville Lightning. This December 30th, your Tri-City Thunder will be the first women's football team to ever play in Tennessee Titans' Nissan Stadium. A small step for football, a giant leap for women everywhere. These women are changing the world one yard at a time. Just one $30 ticket will get you into both games. For more ticket information or to donate tickets to Vanderbilt Children's Hospital, visit Tri-City Thunder Women's Football Team on Facebook or contact your favorite Thunder player. Get your tickets now. All right. Hey, I want to thank the Double J's there, James, Mr. James Sweeney and Miss Jessica Tweed for uh, doing that little commercial force. Pretty good, pretty good little uh, thing there. And, and folks, a lot of if you don't know that you can, uh, if you can't be at the game, um, you can donate uh, well, any amount of money that will go, you want to donate will go toward a ticket, but $30 will buy a ticket for a, a kid from Vanderbilt Children's Hospital to go to uh, Titans Colts game and uh, Thunder versus Lightning game. 
at Nissan Stadium in Nashville. There, um, uh, we they're not, we've we've got several people that have donated them, and we really appreciate them. Uh, I know uh, James' wife Wendy. Uh, she she really gets out there. I call her. She was, uh, said today. Uh, the hustler, because buddy, she she does. She gets out there and beats the bushes and finds these people and gets a lot of a lot of things donated to to help help this team. And I can't say enough good things about her and James or the or the kids and Anna for doing this movie and her hard work. And you know, it, it's it's really great uh, to find somebody that that not only. Um, believes in what you're doing but is willing to fight for you um as hard as, as what they have in in what for you and because they believe in it. And that's you know, I'm I firmly believe that, you know, if I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna do my best at it. I'm gonna fight hard for it. And it just seems like there's not very many people out there like him that are willing to do it. You know, everybody everybody needs to make money. And everybody wants to be on that train when it goes to the top. But nobody seems to want to be on it when it starts at the bottom. And uh, I like to say there's there's a lot of people that have uh, helped us along the way, but they sure uh, really, really helped us uh, with this game and with this movie and these, getting these tickets donated and selling a bunch of tickets as well as uh, – Getting the uh, local high school uh, where I went, my alma mater, where one of their kids go, where Jennifer graduated, several of our players, uh, I don't know, several, maybe one or two, but uh, went to East, their uh, high school, the cheerleaders from that uh, school are going to go to the game and, and be on our sideline as well. Uh, that That's all because of Miss Wendy Sweeney. Um, so, the principal from that school, his kids, he's got a bunch of tickets. There's a lot of people um, that are going and excited about the whole deal, and that's all because of Miss Wendy there and the, and the hard work she does. And, and you know, that uh, that's it's a blessing to have people like that in your corner. So I, I really want to thank them. Uh, she, they're the reason we got the commercial there and got it lined up. So pretty much them and Jennifer, they really worked hard. To, to make this thing go, and uh, the players are uh, selling a lot. A lot of the players are selling a lot of tickets. Some of them are sort of dragging their feet, and uh, they need they need to get with it. But uh, they they've all did a good job, so I, I really appreciate them. And uh, I did want to say one thing about. Um, that game before I go to these coaches and I got to talking to Coach Will there. Um, I, I really do want to uh, um, thank that guy. I know he got under my skin, Marquis Billson, uh, for making those comments, but he did give us the exposure and give us the uh, uh, the uh, a good interview about women's football, whether, you know, he believed that uh, – they they're gonna win or what. He just didn't do enough homework, I believe. But he did give us the time and exposure and talked about it and uh, you know, maybe uh he he talked about maybe 
won't defend the covers some of the games. So I think he'll he'll realize and, and like I say, folks, everybody's got the right to their opinion. Uh, just as many people as uh, like Coach Will called in and and we just love said they're pulling for us. There's just as many that aren't. And and that's fine. That's what makes sports go. You know, every girl on our team, there's very few of them that like the same teams as I do. Or even Jennifer or whatnot. That's just the way it is in sports. So everybody has the right to opinion. It just got me fired up. And also thank I wanna thank the Premier Premier Dow. I don't know how you say that studios in Irwin, Tennessee. Um, I don't know how you exactly say it for for doing the commercial and and the standing behind us and um, doing everything they do. So all that, like I said, folks, is because of the Sweeney's, and uh, I, I can't thank them enough. They, I'm sure I'll get schooled on how to pronounce that word by next week, and I'll have it down pat. Getting back to this coaches and coaching, you know. The the friend of mine that that posted this about the coaches, um, he he's a lot like me now, and I know a lot of people saying, man, that ain't a good thing, and it's probably not a good thing. But the one thing we do both believe in is doing things right, working hard, and winning. And and that, to me, what else is there? I mean, I don't know why. Why else you you would be in a sport? If being in a sport is just because well I just want to be a part of something, and you don't want to win and you don't want to work hard and you don't need to be in a sport, you don't need to be in the sport that I'm coaching. That's for sure. Um, so what got me really started and want to be on this topic tonight was since I've been home uh, this week, uh, I've got to watch. Well, a lot of basketball, actually, between the boys and girls games and the middle school games. I've probably seen 10 high school and middle school games. Well, I've seen some really good players, no doubt about it. seen some coaches that really tried and and worked hard. But I'm going to tell you that the, the coach that sent me that posted the stuff about coaching. He coaches at Morristown West. And Morristown West was playing Southern East in a tournament game. And they have this really, well, not just one, they have several really, really good players. But they have an exceptional player. I mean, this guy is really, really good. Probably couldn't possibly be as good, at least top five players that, that Southern East will see all year. So we're sitting right at the end of the court, right near Morristown West bench. I'm not sure if this guy makes the foul or what, but he's he's on the uh, waiting for the Southern East player to shoot the foul shot, and uh, he's standing on the lane, and his coach is hollering at him, and he just keeps ignoring his coach and keeps ignoring his coach, and his coach, whatever, calls him my name, says, "Please turn around, I'm trying to help you." The guy just ignores him. So he sent somebody in for him. I thought, yeah, man, he, this guy, he's doing what he should do. If, if I'm the coach, this guy's done for the night. He, he's sitting on the bench. He's, he's done for the night. You know, ignore me. But So not only does he send a kid in for the guy, when he turns around, the, the guy, the player starts shaking his head, no, it's the coach. So he sits down on the bench. Before they can even get a foul shot off, he's done got the kid going back in. 
Well, naturally, it didn't come out of play, so they sold the neat player sheets on play. They put the guy back in. And you know what, man? That, that just ran all over me. Since when do, do the kids run run the show? Good or bad? Coaches know what they're doing or not what they're doing. I got in the biggest trouble in all my life in the seventh grade when I played for a coach, and I, I'll stand back till the day I die. He didn't know nothing about basketball. He'll tell you he didn't know nothing about basketball. He was forced into coaching because they didn't have anybody, and he taught it to school, and it was extra supplement. And he was terrible. And he he would ask the players for advice, and, and I smarted off to him one day, and, and – uh, my mom found out about it, and I got myself in big trouble for it. And you know what? I realized right then and there, I was a young kid, a young punk. We played basketball. We were really good. We had won, I don't know how many um, tournaments and stuff along the way. Went two or three years without losing a game. And here we are all of a sudden have a good team with a coach that don't know the difference between a basketball and a football. And uh, I pretty much told him he didn't know what he was doing, and he agreed. But my, my mom found out that was the end of it. And I was in trouble a really, really long time because she said, he's the coach, you're the player. He is the elder, you're the younger. It doesn't matter. That's disrespectful. If you think that and you believe it, that's fine. You keep it to yourself. And it took me a long time to realize it. And now that I'm older and coaching, and I and I really realize it more. And I, I'll be honest, I, I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed that a high school, not just a high school, a big high school head basketball coach, first of all, would tell a player, please turn around. Second of all, let him ignore you on purpose. Then him shake his head no at you and him go right back in. I don't care what kind of game it is. I don't care how tight the game is. I don't care how important it is. He's not going back in the game for me. And he's probably not ever going back in the game for me until he realizes who he's talking to and who's the boss and who's not. That that sat with me the whole game. I, my brother was sitting there, and my brother coached a lot of players, and I told him about it, and I guess they've probably seen a lot of it, and it didn't really bother them. But it really, really bothered me. I, I just couldn't believe. And at the time, Morristown West had a pretty good lead. Well, they come back, and they end up losing. So the East beat them in overtime, you know. I will, I'll be honest, I told Jennifer, I said, I'm going to go tell that coach what a wuss he is, man. That's ridiculous. And, of course, you know, she told me, no, you don't need to do that. And she's right, I didn't need to do it. But, man, what what a joke. And and I see it all the time. I see it a lot. We, we go watch um, middle school ball, you know, and they have the worst. And that's what I say when I played in seventh grade at middle school. Most of those places have the worst coaches ever. And, you know, you see some great players. Man, we've seen some really, really good players on other middle school teams but just can't get the proper coaching, you know. And uh, and a guy comes in, you know, we see some little boys last night 
for Mary Hughes, uh, this JV game. Honestly, folks, they're if they're four foot, they're pushing the stick. I'm telling you, the smallest kids I ever seen in a middle school, I believe, and there's like six of them on the team, and uh, they they can't play. I mean, they just cannot play, and you know they can't play because. Most kids get coached by their parents, and their parents, you know, only want to see their kid do good, and they can't ever see the big picture, and they can't ever let somebody coach them that's hard on them or tell them what they need to do. And then when they get to where they need to know some fundamentals and stuff, they don't know. And so, you know, a guy comes in, and he sits down beside us, and these kids are just getting, grabbing the ball and throwing it up. You know, I mean, just not even looking toward the goal. And I said, man, and I wasn't even talking to him. I was talking to Jennifer. And, and you know, the guy buzzed in and says, well, that's the way they were coached. Well, my brother actually coaches the JV. And I said, that might have been the way they were coached before. Now, me and my brother have, have it out quite often and don't see eye to eye on a lot of things. One thing that he can do is he knows how to coach. And, you know, I told the guy, I said, he, uh, he for sure um, knows what he's doing. Well, and, and then, you know, the guy goes on to, you know, to say, well, they're just spoiled because they had those stack teams. Well, then that was sort of about like, and I had nothing in the race. I had no dog in the race as my nephew plays there. I didn't even go there. When I played ball, they were one of our biggest rivals. But when people, and this guy said he played college ball, folks, and this just tells me more of what these people don't know. When he starts talking about a stack team, I want to tell you what my opinion of a stack team is. If I go out here tomorrow and I call the best teams across the country and I get all the best players off of each best team and I bring them over to my team and we go to play somebody that, just like our team before we stacked it, that's stacking a team. But because Mary Hughes won back-to-back-to-back three middle school state championships in a row, everybody's pissed off. They stacked their teams. They're out recruiting. Listen, folks, there was six eighth graders on the team last year when they won their third middle school state championship. All six of those guys were sixth graders on the same team. They all six have three state championship rings. Now, you don't go get players from the fifth grade and stack a team. You you get fifth graders just like they brought through there, like I seen play yesterday, and you coach them and you work with them until you have those state championship teams. This is the product that we're getting. And exactly what I've seen on one of those posts from my friend last night is his coach is doing press conferences. And you know what the main common denominator was in the press conference? And it had it circled up there. It was parents, parents, because they said this. I heard one of those coaches, I'm not going to name who they are. You can look them up. You can find the interviews. 
said, I believe kids want to be team players. You go watch them when they're in the sixth, seventh grade. They play as a team. They just want to win. They get to eighth, ninth, tenth grade or whatever, and their parents are telling them, hey, you need to score more. You want to be recognized. You want to be here, there. You need to do this. You need to do that. Parents. You know what? What did I say in the, in the beginning? These parents coach these kids. Like I said, I don't know who the guy was sitting beside me. Said he played college ball. I don't know if he did or not. If he did, that just makes what he said even uh, just a dumber statement for me. And, uh, you know, as a matter of fact, uh, uh, we sat there and uh, the Boone's Creek, this is Mary Hughes played. Boone's Creek girls was, was 8 no coming into the game. All, I didn't know. I'd never seen them play. I'd seen Mary Hughes girls for three times. Jennifer told me they're getting better. Their coach, good friend of mine, said, man, we got our work cut out for us tonight. They're undefeated. Mary Hughes beat them by 60 at least. Could have beat them by as many as they wanted. I guess that team was stacked, too. They got one girl that started last year. The other four girls were on the bench last year. A couple of them never seen the floor, period. That, 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 has, that has nothing to do with being stacked. So, to do with coaching and work and being realistic. The guy come in, he 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 had those girls playing like they were playing a WNBA team. He was prepared and they were prepared. The other team wasn't prepared, buddy. They got thrashed and didn't know what to do with it. So then the boys turned to play, middle school boys, varsity, eighth graders. The Moon Street team was a heavily favored got one of the best middle school kids I've seen play since last year. Really, really good. Guy can, uh, he's a bigger boy, handles the ball better than anybody on our team, actually brings the ball down, but he, he gets inside the um, foul line paint area, he, he's pretty much unstoppable. But you know what? They kept him forced out there on the perimeter. And unless it was a rebound situation, the kid didn't get inside inside much uh, shots off unless it was on a rebound or uh, maybe a fast break. But when he walked the ball down, they kept him from from doing uh, the damage by getting inside. So this brilliant guy sitting beside me says he's played college ball. Man, that guy's good inside. I don't know why they didn't go to him more. And I just looked at him and I said, really, man? Did you not just tell me before the game you talked about coaching? Now, the one thing I know is my brother and them, they know these things I don't know. But I promise you, they're not going to let one guy do what he does best to beat you. You know, so I'm sitting there thinking, how, how does this work? These these people, this guy, he didn't say where he played college ball. He didn't say he played college basketball. You play college basketball, and you still can't realize the guys out there playing on the perimeter because they're running his own. He can't get inside. They held him down. Murray Hughes ended up beating them. I mean, the game was tied. It was back and forth the whole way. At halftime, it was a one-point lead in the third quarter. Uh, the other team had a three-point lead, and with about uh, two minutes to go, Murray Hughes finally broke, broke the game open. 
up until then, it was a tight, tight game. Well, if you watch those two teams warm up, you figure Boots Creek was going to blow them out. They, they, the, the size they had, the athletes they had, but they didn't have the coaching. They didn't have the coaching. All their coach did was sit on the bench and holler. He didn't get out there and uh, try to help them along. He never once stepped out on the floor. He sat on the bench and hollered the whole time. During timeouts, I never seen him doing anything. And when you watch those games, now my brother's JB team got thrashed. But I'll tell you what, he didn't give up the whole game. He had them going 100%. They played their gifts out the whole game. They got thrashed, and they'd get thrashed. If they played that game 100 times, they'd lose 100 times because they're nowhere near the caliber players that Moons Creek was. matter of fact, they had a guy that started on the JV. He started on the varsity. And that's all fine and good because it don't matter. It's a JV game. Nobody cares. The varsity is what matters. But they they played hard, and he kept trying to coach them, and he kept getting points across, and they kept doing things that he wanted them to do. That's what you do, folks, is you coach your team. You prepare your team. It ain't just, well, hey, we've got this good player. Uh, we know we just got to get him the ball. you got to find ways to get him the ball. you got to work extra hard figuring out what he can do to get inside to get the ball. They weren't pressing him. They knew that he would probably beat them off the dribble. They usually press every game. They backed off the press way early. They probably knew he was going to beat them off the dribble. They backed off. They went in the zone. It, listen, if you go watch Mary Hughes play, that's not their style of ball. But it was their style of ball to get the win because that was to their strength of taking the other best player away. That's what you do, folks, when you coach. That is coaching at its best right there, is you're not going to let the other team's best player beat you. Now, if they got five of them, then you're in trouble if you can't match up. But clearly, anybody that, they had a couple other boys that could shoot the ball pretty good, and that, that's for sure. But this kid was a real player. He could dribble, he could shoot, he was big, he could jump. They just wasn't going to let him, uh, you know, beat them, and he did. I mean, down the stretch, they the guys that uh, I said was pretty good to shoot, they had good looks, and they didn't go in. And when they didn't get the rebound, Mary Hughes capitalized on That's what coaching is, and, and it's so rare that you see it at that level. People don't realize how lucky they are. Now, there's a certain team that I know that have about the same amount of years of playing experience as our team. Kelton, the coach we lost last year, I mean, he was here and there. He, I, I, I'm going to say he was more or less of a volunteer than he was a coach. And you take the one that we lost three years ago, we've had three and a half, four, I guess, in this organization, this will be the fifth year. And other teams going into their fifth year had about 25. Their record is about probably 9 and 27. Our record is about 27 and 9 or somewhere along that line. I'm not sure exactly what it is. 
there, there's something to be said for it. I don't care what you say. I don't care how you want to cut it, slice it, dice it, or what. There's something to be said, said about coaching, your coaches, the way they approach things, the hard work, holding people accountable, not caring who, who likes you. They hate my brother. People over at that school hate my brother. Most people around here hate me. Who cares, man? Doing things right is not always uh, the popular decision. And you can't worry about that. You can't worry about who you're going to make mad, what parents are going to make mad, and they surely don't care. And, you know, one of the kids that plays for my brother, I mean, he's not that good, but Jennifer went to school with his mom. She said, boy, said, John, that's my brother. said, he's always on our kid. said, our kid loves him. I think deep down inside, when you keep the parents awake, again, we keep going back to this parent scenario here. You keep the parents awake, these kids appreciate what they're getting. They've never gotten it. They've never got proper coaching. They've never had somebody to look them in the eye and tell them what to do, what they're doing wrong, what they need to do right, challenge them at every aspect. Never had it. But somewhere along the line, I mean, you can tell the parents, his parents hate my brother like he could care less, I'm sure. No, you can tell his dad just looks like he can bite a, a nail or two at all times. She tells the emperor, man, John stays on him all the time, but he loves him. Now, folks, just think of that. We're talking about a sixth-grade kid getting chewed out, getting coached by a coach that could could coach in college easily, easily. Has coached several teams in high school that went to the sub-state in the 6A ball. Getting coached at the middle school level. Sixth grade level, JV basketball. Deep down inside, the kid loves guarantee it. That's why he's getting something that he's never gotten before. Because he's probably always been told, oh, that's good, that's good, you're this, you're that. Now he realizes all this time, man, they've been lying to me. He's never had to coach. I, I, I'm, you know... I'm not a fan, a fan of just anybody coaching. I'm not a fan of just parents coaching just because they coach their kid. Um, I think the the right people for the job or the habit, no matter what. I don't care who it is. That's me, you, whoever. Um, you you should have you should have um, a great job, a high job. It, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, these kids deserve it. The program deserves. But because they teach, they have this certificate, so they can teach. A lot of them get hired. Just because you can teach don't mean you coach. Teaching teaching a, a class, a course in school has nothing to do with coaching, nothing to do with the game. So I watched those clips this morning. And that just topped it off for me to talk about coaching and coaches along with what I've seen in these basketball games. And, and uh, you know, the way our team responded uh, 
Sunday when when I get after them. You know, when we get down and and dirty, and and we had a great practice, one of the best ones we've had. I say that every time. We're getting better every time, and then we respond to it. You know, I'm not going to be that. I'm not going to be the most popular person because I'm not going to probably tell you what you want to hear very much. But it's going to be something you need to hear, and I think that most of them respect that and can respect that. That's what coaching does, folks. That's what coaches do. That's what coaching can do for you. And that's why we win a lot of games. We win a lot of games because we outwork, we outperform, and we outcoach the other teams. I'm not saying we do that every game. I'm just saying there's been several games that we played a lot of teams that were way better than us. Their athletes were way better than us, but they didn't work as hard as we worked. And I say we, I say as a team, I say as an organization. And I take pride in that. And every single person that's involved in this organization ought to take pride in that, the way we do things here. So um, that that was a, a good topic uh, to talk about tonight. And uh, I wanted to uh, address Mr. Mark U. Bilson, and, and maybe he'll come on here uh, one night or, or maybe a, the Tuesday after New Year's or whatever after the game in, in Nashville. I can get him on and, and uh, we see what he has to say. Uh, before we before we go, I'm, I will talk just a little bit about the college uh, football uh, rankings. I know um, it's been a crazy year for for football in general, NFL and college. Uh, but Alabama, they seem uh, still be rolling, and they're number one. Clemson is, is, you know, I said earlier in the year they just didn't look that good. Well, now they look that good. That young quarterback has come on. Um, I really like that coach over there. Um, he does a great job. They've come on. I didn't think Notre Dame was that great early. I think they had a favorable schedule. I still believe the same thing. Uh, but they're number three. I think Georgia's number four. The only loss they had was Florida, I believe, got lucky and beat them. Um, this is the college football rankings. Oklahoma's fifth. Ohio State's sixth. Uh, Michigan only dropped from fourth to seventh after getting thrashed by Ohio State. Um, UCF, they're ranked eighth. They're 11-0, though. And I do believe they just lost their starting quarterback. And uh, Memphis and them play in the, their conference championship this, this coming Saturday. I watched Memphis beat Houston. And uh, they said on there that Memphis really challenged UCF, and it was a close game. So I, I'm predicting a Memphis win in that game um, myself. Then Florida's ninth and LSU's tenth, and both of them have three losses each. Um, you know, it, if, you, if you look at that, and I talked about the SEC a little bit ago, you got one, two, three, four, four out of the top ten teams are in the SEC. I'm not sure Florida's that good. I think LSU is is, is pretty good. Um, I know Georgia's really good. I know Alabama's really good. What sucks is four out of the top ten are, are SEC, two out of the top four are SEC. Now, one of them are, are probably not going to make it in because they have to play each other in the SEC championship game. 
And and that's going to suck because don't believe Oklahoma or Ohio State is either one there as good as Georgia or Alabama. Well, I'll go as far as I don't even think Notre Dame, Oklahoma State, or Oklahoma, I'm sorry. Notre Dame, Oklahoma, or Ohio State, I don't believe are near as good as Alabama, Clemson, or Georgia. But because of Notre Dame's schedule, they don't have to play a conference game because they're independent. They're not in a conference. They didn't play anybody. They they beat Michigan. Well, Michigan, really, who did they beat along the way? I mean, look at their wins. Who did they beat? Ohio State barely uh, survived several games, and they thrashed Michigan. So I, I'm not – I, I don't know. I, I have mixed emotions. I know I don't like Notre Dame being in there. They don't play a conference championship game. They really don't play as tough of games as other I mean, they they had a tough time with USC. USC, I mean, are they even 500? I, I don't know. Uh, but I do know this, that Alabama and Georgia are going to play uh, for a conference championship, Texas and Oklahoma are going to play for a championship. I think Oklahoma is better than Notre Dame or Ohio State, uh, but not better than Georgia. Ohio State's going to play Northwestern in a in a championship. And then on Friday, that's on Saturday. And on Friday, Washington and Utah are going to play. And then I mentioned Memphis and UCF. And then Clemson's going to play uh, Pitt. And then uh, Drake and Ohio State are going to play. These are going to be for uh, conference championships. So after that, we will know for sure who's going to be in the bowls, uh, bowl games, and uh, who's not. But um, that's your top ten. And like I said, I know that they're going to – if Alabama – if Georgia beats Alabama, Alabama may not be out of the top four. I, I don't know. Uh, but I believe if Alabama beats Georgia, I firmly believe Georgia is the third best team in the country right now. And if Alabama beats Georgia, I feel that they're going to fall out. And if Oklahoma doesn't beat Texas pretty good and Ohio State, I'm sure will kill Northwestern. Uh, that Ohio State's probably going to slide right in there to that fourth spot after struggling most of the year. So um, I, I'm not I'm not too happy about that, but hey, ain't nothing I can do about it. That's just me talking. Um, NFL Saints, I believe. Uh, I'm not sure. We'll see. They played Thanksgiving Day. Um, they they're they're rolling. Um, I know that the Rams beat beat the Chiefs, but I still believe the Chiefs are really, really good. And and if that's a Super Bowl matchup, I'm still going back with the Chiefs. Um, I tell you, a team on the rise, you better look out for two teams, I believe. Uh, In the NFC is Seattle. They're playing good. The games they have lost have all been really, really, really close. Uh, Minnesota, they're playing really, really good. Kirk Cousins. I know I, I say he's underrated. I mean, he, he makes some boo-coos of money, but nobody seems to give the guy credit. Man, he can throw that ball. Uh, Minnesota and Seattle. Uh, the Panthers sort of been taking it on the chin. Um, the rest of the NFC, um, besides the Saints, uh, the Rams, uh, Seattle. Um, 
I mean, Seattle may not even get in, but I'll tell you, they're, they're a team that can do something. Um, in the AFC, of course, it's the Chiefs. Unless they have a meltdown, they're going to be the number one seed uh, with Pittsburgh losing to uh, the uh, – who they lose to? Denver. Denver beat them. Uh, they're – they sort of, I ain't going to say they shot themselves in the foot, but I heard today they slid from number two like to number four. And, and uh, so that means the Patriots are, have slid right back up in there to number two or three. And, uh, you know, well, the Chargers are, if the, if the Chiefs win out, Chargers are going to be the first wild card because they play in the same division. So right now it would be probably um, the uh, – the Chiefs, the Patriots, the Texans, and uh, I guess then the Steelers. And then uh, then the Chargers would probably be the first wild card. And then, uh, I don't know, I guess the Ravens maybe. I don't know. Uh, there's still a lot of football to be played right there. Um, there's a lot of good games coming up. It can go either way. Um, so, it's, it's just now getting down to the nitty-gritty as far as, as college and pros. And, and, you know, the good thing about that is by the time all that's over is women's football is not far from kicking off, and uh, we're really excited about that. Um, I want to thank everybody uh, for listening tonight. Coach Will, just for uh, popping up, calling in. Great to hear from him. Um, they're excited about their opportunity. Over there, start because uh, he's just he's part of a new organization uh, with the Central Carolina Cardinals. I'm not sure exactly what his role is, but he's part of the organization, and uh, he's a great guy. And does a great job um, with with coaching and with those girls, and and he just loves the coach. And uh, I've had some lengthy conversations with the guy, and, um, so it was it was good to hear from him. Um, like you say, there's a lot of good people around women's football that. Um, you know, that would do good things that just never get the opportunity to, to be heard and, and get on the front line. So uh, great to hear from him. Like I said, I want uh, want everybody to think about the people I mentioned, to keeping your thoughts and prayers with these families, Miss BJ, Jennifer's family, Tanya's family. Um, it's this time of year, everything – I know it's Christmas and the holidays, and that just makes everything that much worse. Uh, so uh, with that being said, I want to thank everybody for listening uh, to the show. And, again, thank the Sweeney's for working so hard. And uh, I want to thank our players for uh, being dedicated and dialing in so early when we're usually not even uh, doing anything. And uh, the few that showed up tonight on this really, really cold night, to get out there and get some extra work in. Uh, thank y'all. Uh, it, it always dearly pays off. You never know what the temperature is going to be when we play. Um, thanks, J.C. Hawk Sports Network, for giving us this opportunity. Uh, so with that being said, I'll talk to you next Tuesday.